G'day sports by Fry fans. Thank you for tuning in to another Fry's Fast Five. I am here with a little bit of AFL fantasy news. Teams just got dropped. Uh, if you don't know, Jay Lockhart from the D's is a late out. So if you were planning on trading him in, you're going to want to go and switch that real quick. Marty Hoare is a late in, so coaches that held him will be happy, including yours truly. But I want to start with NBA talk because today marked the last day in NBA regular season. And for half the league, that means season 2019 is done and dusted. But more importantly, it means for two legends of the basketballing world that their careers are finished. And of course, I'm talking about Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade. There's been some pretty crazy stuff that's happened in the NBA in the last 48 hours. I'll dive a little bit into playoff talk. I've got a lot to cover in five minutes, but luckily I was able to tune in to watch Dirk and Dwayne Wade play for the last time, and it was a pretty surreal experience. I'm not a fan of either side, but these are the first kind of players, I don't really include Kobe in this bracket, that I remember when Dwayne Wade came into the league, and now that he's leaving, it not only makes me feel old, but yeah, it was an emotional experience. And Dirk, obviously, He's probably the greatest international player ever. So it was cool to watch those two hoop for the last time. Dwayne Wade posted a triple-double. I was surprised to learn that it was just his fifth career triple-double. But, yeah, that was pretty awesome to see. He got to bow out with his longtime friend, Donis Haslam, and his teammate. And then the whole Banana Boat crew with LeBron, Mello, and Chris Paul were there. So that was pretty cool. And watching Dirk play, he laboured up and down the court. Uh, he scored 50 in two games, topping his season high, I think, on both cases. Had 20 tonight in his final game, posted a double-double. But, yeah, special shout-out to those two because uh, the NBA is not going to be the same without them. Two fantastic careers. I'm toying with the idea of doing a compare-the-pair article between the two next week. One other article I'm working on that will be out probably sometime tonight before I go to bed will be Kemba Walker piece on his uncertain future because the Hornets missed out on the playoffs. The Pistons snuck into that last eight seed, so the field is set now out east and was set for most of the night, but the field out west was pretty unreal. For about 15 to 20 minutes, the Pistons, uh, the Pistons, the Blazers, Nuggets, and Rockets were all leapfrogging between the two and the four seeds, and matchups were fluctuating like crazy, but one guy named Anthony Simmons just single-handedly changed the course of this playoff. So a late Denver run saw them beat Minnesota and lock in the two seeds, so they'll now play San Antonio in round one. But Portland stormed up to win and claim the third seed after an impressive last quarter. They were down about 17 going into the last quarter and ended up winning by about half a dozen to eight points. So it's all thanks to Anthony Simmons, who had a career high of nine points going into the game, had played a total 93 career NBA minutes, played every single minute tonight, all 48, and dropped 37. It was pretty unreal to watch. And obviously, that means that the Nuggets and the Blazers would be the two that, uh, should they win, the higher seeds would match up with each other in the next round. So Nuggets fans will be very happy that they avoid the Rockets, who slid all the way down to the fourth seed. you got to think that does hurt James Harden's MVP case a little bit, even though I think two through four, they ended up, if not on exactly the same record, there might have been one win between them. But I think that stings a little bit. But yeah, shout out to Anthony Simmons for keeping everything interesting right up until the final night of the regular season. Now, AFL Fantasy News, Bailey Scott is probably the biggest name on Fantasy Coach's mind right now. He's been dropped or rested uh, for the for North against the Crows. And surprisingly in that game, Bryce Gibbs was omitted as well. So there's a bit of a headline. But 
Bailey Scott being rested, a lot of coaches are going to want to trade him out. There's two popular cash cows in Sydney Stack and Jack Ross from Richmond that are interesting coaches. I like Stack a little bit more than Ross. I feel like Ross is coming into the side mainly because of Trent Cotchin's injury and he could bounce out a bit easier than Stack after we saw him perform well against GWS. But if Scott is on your bench, I mean, if you've got nothing else better to do, it's good to make the money there with that trade. But if Bailey Scott's on your bench, I'd be tempted to hold for a week. It might be a little bit too fancy, but I like that idea. A lot of people are asking me questions about some other rookies and changes as well. Connor Rosie's not a must-have player, but if you don't have anything else to do, upgrading him from the likes of Setterfield is maybe okay. But guys like Setterfield, there's a few other underperformers, Gibbons, Atkins. While they're average and they're still scoring over their break-even and still making us money, I don't like to cull them. There's not a lot of must-have rookies that have been named recently. McInerney from the Swans is someone who I'm not a huge fan of just yet anyway. So I think it's wise to wait, see if you can get a little bit more money out of them. But like I said, you've got nothing better to do. Make some cash while you can. Uh, my trades, I'm thinking of cashing in Sam Collins, which would allow me to go... Scott up to Libba, which would be a great move. But yeah, I'll have to wait until after the Swans Demons game to sort that out. That's all I got this time. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time. Peace.